bit surprised that Mark Webber didn't make an, uh, an appearance in the recent Across the Spider-Verse Spider-Man movie. Obviously, Mark Webber, yes, it's a web-based pun, and I stand by it. Uh, it was very funny. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rear the Grid. As ever, I am your host, Matt, joined as always by my good friend, Jashan. Hello. Frank Walker from National Tire. Frank Walker from National Tire. There we go. <laughs> and on this week's show, Max Verstappen strikes back, Logan Sargent has a nightmare, and Sergio Perez has an even worse one. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention that he um temporarily rejoined the race to serve a penalty and then re-retired. So <laughs> technically had a technically had a double DNF but won the Grand Prix. Good Fucking stuff. Spectacular. Uh all that and more on this another episode of Rear of the Grid. <laughs> Here we are, back for another week, back for, back for, we'll pretend like we're not back 10 minutes after the last one. Yeah, we'll pretend. For the review of the Japanese Grand Prix. Sebastian Vettel uh, made a B-Hotel, and that was the episode. This has been another episode of Rear the Grid. <laughs> um, I really think anything else is worth talking about, to be honest. No, Not a Constructors' Championship victory, perchance? No? No, I, Sebastian Vettel made a B-Hotel. He's a king. He's the greatest man on the planet. I don't really think anything else is worth talking about. That's the episode. Let's go. Okay, fair enough. 42nd episode. Perfect. Let's go. Let's wrap it up. Fuck yeah. Um, no, there was... I've... Oh, what did you make of this Grand Prix, Sean? How would you... Give me a... Give me a uh, numerical rating out of a uh, rating scheme of 1 to 10. Sebastian Vettel made a big run. Uh, fuck, I've wrote down made a big Grand Prix. Oh, Jesus. Made a B hotel. Uh, no, out of 10 at the Japanese Grand Prix, I'd say yeah. six and a half. Yeah, I yeah, see. I think that's pretty reasonable. I am. Um, I've seen some on. I've seen some opinions online that this was a shit race. Mm -mm. There was plenty Fucking, of plenty of on track what... racing. There wasn't like crazy drama. Yeah, no. But there was some little tantalizing bits of drama here and there. I enjoyed I don't know it. What, I don't know what meth was being smoked, but like, I thought it was a pretty solid Grand Prix. We do not condone is, the smoking know. of methamphetamines on this podcast. Uh, it is illegal and <coughs> very damaging. <coughs> to quote Ted Lasso, you do what you like. More of a Ted Kravitz fan said no one ever. <laughs> um, oh, that's completely throwing me off. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was a pretty that. It was a nice novel concept. Did you were you do you watch this live or did you have to watch it at two in the morning when you got home from work? I actually got home at two thirty in the morning. Clearly, you don't know me at all. You don't know my story. But uh, I I sort of watched it live. I was at a lunch with my good friend Isaac. Shout out to Isaac one time. We were uh, lunching. What in... time did your shift start yesterday? Six o'clock. Oh, interesting. So I worked... Well, I in a five-hour shift, that's not that unreal. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, I worked six till one in the morning. Sorry, seven... Yeah, sorry, seven-hour shift. Because yeah, we had the Fitzroy yeah, Football yeah. Club in for their Silly Sunday celebration at the end of their season, and things got very, very silly very, very quickly. 
it was quite a lot. We are completely out of vodka in the bar. Ah, life is good. But yeah, no, I sort of... I mean, I, it's, a, it's a Monday. Who the fuck drinks on a Monday? Yeah, so it's fun. A surprising amount of people. Um, but yeah, regardless... Degenerate suburb fish row. Mm, perchance. You'd expect that in the middle of Carlton. You, you're just boring and you have no life and you don't do anything. So you can't talk. No, I do have a life. That's why I don't drink on Mondays because I have commitments in the morning. <laughs> yes, red zone, NFL, correct? No, as in on like a Tuesday morning. Yeah. So I'm not drinking on a Monday. Grow up. Um, but no, I, I watched it live sort of <laughs> with like a half focus and then I rewatched it, yes, when I got home. I, I can't see, you know what? I, I figured that maybe you couldn't fully watch it because you're at work. Scheduling a lunch with the homie during one of two Grand Prix at an acceptable time slot Matthew, for the Australian please, viewer. Grand Prix. <sighs> Sorry, Grand Prix. There you go. Yes, the but ex- ex- scheduling a, a lunch at the same time as one of the couple of actually watchable, uh, friendly Grand Prix. Grand Prix. <laughs> Grand Prix, that's the one. Yes. Um, that's just... Uh, that's that's an incredible indiscretion. That's just, that's Look, just not cricket, man. Would you say no to a roast chicken lunch for free? Roast chicken, Matthew. I would. I wouldn't expect, considering how excited I was when I realized, like during the week, oh my god, the Japanese Grand Prix isn't the same weekend as Bathurst. <laughs> that never happens. Yeah. Um, I was quite excited because normally I don't get to watch uh, one of the two Australian time zone Grand Prix for the year live because it's at the same fucking time as Bathurst. Mm. Uh, so this was very exciting for me. That is exciting. You definitely have a life. I would, I would turn, da- I would turn down a free roast. I'd say kindly, could we have the free roast chicken next weekend when there's no Grand Prix? Please, and thank you. <laughs> you are a stronger man. Or than I, could we have the free roast chicken sitting on my couch watching the Grand Prix? <laughs> Possibly that 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 would be nice. Get it ordered in. Like you're not only buying the ingredients and cooking for me, but could you just bring it to my house as well? Thanks, bro. Well, we can. You can sit on his couch and watch it. Uh yes, yes, you could have. Ko's Ko's not house exclusive. Well, like I, again, right? I had it on the TV. I just wasn't fully focused. I was also socializing. And then I was fully Get focused. At, and yet, Tism. And yeah, I did so. I, I, I evaluated the race perfectly. It was a six and a half. There wasn't any major drama, but there was enough on track action and fighting and an interesting enough result that it was an enjoyable race at Suzuka. Yeah, well, I assume that's because you rewatched it this morning. Or did you just watch the highlights? Uh, not, what did you watch no, when you got home this morning? Well, if you were listening, I said I rewatched it when I got home from work at roughly. Yeah, that's what I thought you said. Yeah, I just couldn't remember exactly. Mm. Very nice. Really? Very nice. I would I would concur with about that, I think. Yeah. More than a solid Grand Prix. Uh, novel to be able to actually watch one live for probably just the second time this season, first since Australia. It was lovely. And for the last time this season. Correct. So, you know, that was nice. It was nice. And I also can confirm that Craig did have it on at the bar. So, you know, we did write uh, oh, in that sense. Good man. Good man. Craig has redeemed himself. Quite. Somewhat. Somewhat. Uh, let's crack on into it. Once again, qualifying. Mm. Now, if you are, have done your good duty and listened to both episodes that are dropping this week, you will have heard us allude to it during the Singapore review. 
mm. uh, when he had his accident during the race, Logan Sargent. This is where we're actually going to do it. Jashan, Logan Sargent, rookie season, only seat now that is not confirmed for 2024. What do you make of Sargent? What what do you think he deserves in terms of that seat for next season? And what would you do if you were James Voles and the Williams organization? I'd suck him. Um, I have. You'd su- that's a. I'd maintain this uh, this stance, or not this stance, but a stance all season of you know what he's a rookie. He's he's shown glimpses here and there. Give him another shout. But this is two weeks in a row where he's crashed the car. He crashed in qualifying here. Uh, lo- he just lost the car uh, two weeks in a row. It wasn't like he was you know, hit by someone. It wasn't like there was a, a mechanical error. He just lost the car for the second week running. Uh, it's not good enough, um, unfortunately. And, I mean, this is also, you know, buoyed up by my uh, adoration for Liam Lawson and my desire to see him drive in Formula 1 next season, and I think he'd be the logical next man up. Were they to sack Logan Sargent and try to hire someone else, even if it was just for a season? Get Sargent out, Lawson in. I think that's where it maybe comes down. Because I've also seen, I think maybe they've been talking with Djokovic. Fascinating. And, like, fair, but I just... It's only worth it for Lawson in my book. Because mm-hmm. we've started to see Drogovic is a completely unknown. We have no idea what way he'll go. He could start bidding cars consistently. Yeah. It's not like, you know, Sarge had a massive problem with this in F2 and we're like, oh, well, you know, we all should have seen this coming. He's just had a lot of rookie growing. But I know that's the only I would also be inclined. And because he is a rookie in that, I'm less concerned with it than you know, say Schumacher doing it in year two. Yeah. That Williams is though in a similar position to Haas. The cost must be mounting up. Oh, yeah. And whether or not they really it it's gotta be a bit of a problem for them. That's probably one of the reasons they ended up, you know, flogging off Latifi, even mm-hmm. though he was bringing in money, he was seeing probably just as much bleed out with his um regular string of incidents. Yeah, he was exactly but right. still in saying that, the only man I would be making way for Logan Sargent for is Liam Lawson. And obviously that begs the question of is he even really available? Is Red Bull hmm. interested in loaning him to them? I because I can't I obviously I said on the last podcast Liam Lawson could just bet it himself, but there could be all matter if I imagine he does have some proper contract that exists with the Red Bull organization to be their reserve driver mm. for next year. So I don't think he could just straight up go and break that to join Williams and have quit the Red Bull Academy. Yeah. On the flip side, maybe Red Bull would be interested him in loaning him to Williams, but on the same time, maybe they would just rather keep him as their reserve driver, as their academy, so there's no chance that he could do an Albon and go, well, I'm here, Williams is seeing what I can do, and Williams have said to me behind closed doors, hey, you're going good this year, I like it, like, we'll we'll give you an actual uh, a contract from us that, you know, we're paying you to be our driver next year, mm-hmm. and just ditch the Red Bull Academy, and Red Bull have lost him, maybe they'd just rather keep him as a reserve driver. Mm. But for mine, if it's not, if Liam Lawson isn't there to be out had... I still think you should run it back and see what Sargent can do next year. He's had a lot of junior category success. We've seen some really strong results of him across multiple levels. Again, he was the closest man 
two Oscar Piastri and Pace in F3, and we've seen what Piastri is doing now. Obviously, that was three, four years ago. A lot can, your career trajectories can, you know, Fast and Furious 7 pretty hard <laughs> in that time. As good you like that. I did like that. But I'd still, I'd still be running it back with him for a second year if it's not to go the Liam Lawson route. Obviously, they don't have anyone else mm. in their academy at F2 level. Uh, I mean, perhaps there's some guy, but yeah, no, I'd probably still stick with the Lawson. I mean, there's some, maybe some guys in F2. That's what I'd have to come down to. I'd have to decide whether or not there's some guys in F2 that I would say, I'll go with them ahead of Drogo. So maybe discussion comes to that. Like, a vesti situation. If I'm saying, yeah, so I'm saying, you know what, I wouldn't do it for Drogovic. So would you do it for Vesti? Would you do it for Porsche? Mm. Would you do it if you could get Jack doing? I don't know. How do we feel about those guys compared to Drogovic? Yeah, it's a fair call. It's a fair call, but um, yeah, because Drogovic hasn't really had a chance to to do anything in the Aston Martin. I mean, maybe maybe an Alonso or a Stroll miss a race towards the end of the season, and Drogovic gets the chance to show, and then we can kind of evaluate it a bit more. Well, I'll tell you, I I was just gonna say I don't know whether it's because he'd. I assume probably is because he'd already done and was entered in the crash happened in qualifying like i don't know whether Drogovic was yeah. there or not in singapore but i'd assume it's because stroll had already done qualifying but you know obviously that's where you know, his opportunity would have been or had he say needed fuck it well that's one thing lance stroll is bloody teased because there was question marks mm. over whether he'd be good to go in um bahrain remember back at yeah, the start yeah, of the yeah 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 and then obviously he's had another big incident that's ended up not putting him out for any extended period of time. So there's the, the, the almost opportunity to be in there for Dragovic to show what he could do. They've not amounted. Which is a shame. I think it's, even we can Dragovic, agree it's a shame because yeah. Dragovic is a guy who probably earned a shot to really you know show what he could do. Definitely. But I think I'd probably also say even with him winning the title last season, there were probably guys behind him in the championship who are still would have rather whacked into a mm. Formula 1 car for this or that reason. At that point in time, was um, Liam Lawson one of those guys? Probably not, to be honest. Mm. It's but Liam Liam has gone off and made the step. Of, that's the thing. He made, whether it was Red Bull or him or a bit of both, made the proactive step of staying actively in a race car, going off to Super Formula. Yep. And he's impressed in Super Formula. He's... At the end of the day, he you've got to be in the right. You just sometimes you you get a favorable thing. You're in the right spot at the right time to take advantage of it. Yeah. He's done that and he's showing. So yeah, and again, has. whether or not because that's it, just because Drogovic finished ahead of me in F two, doesn't that? Because MP clearly had just everything lined up perfectly for MP that season. Yeah, Liam was definitely maligned as he was all the way through F two mm. with a lot of bad luck and a few things that weren't necessarily always his fault. Indeed, so, correct. It is hard to say, but I, I agree. I it definitely, at the very least, whether whatever they go with, I hope they are at least thinking it through and questioning whether or not they're bringing back Logan because it's not a slam dunk. Yes, absolutely, let's bring him back. Question mark should be asked. Yep. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go. I do think that we probably see Sergeant back though. So, uh, and do you think that's the correct decision, or do you think that's just the most likely decision? Uh, I still, again, I think that's if if uh, if Lawson is there, if they could actually get Lawson and they go sergeant, I think that is a misstep. Mm-hmm. But if Lawson is not there, and I don't necessarily believe that he is, then I think you're better off going back with sergeant and yep. backing some sophomore growth. 
Uh, it will leave us in the crazy position that that, I believe me, would have an entirely rolled back grid. Uh, yes. Oh, sorry. Well, no, Ten, Ricardo. No, no, Ricardo for Dries. So, mm. no. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, elsewhere, uh, we're coming in. Lance Stroll. I, like... No pace? Again, well, we saw that. Yeah, that my note is literally Lance Stroll lack of pace. Like, mm. where do we where do we feel? What are we thinking about Stroll? Because it's like... Obviously, and maybe it's just contextual, Alonso was up there fighting for podium, Stroll was coming in the back half of the points, now Alonso is barely struggling to be able to score points, yeah. and Stroll is not even making it out of Q1. But, like, are you, you know... Is that a, a, a bigger red flag than it's ever been for Aston Martin, that maybe you really do need to look at doing something else here because you just can't afford to have one driver... You cannot offer anywhere near what the car can do? Well, no, you can't. And we're seeing that right now with Aston Martin as they slip further and further down out of the contention for P2 and the constructors. Like, Lance Stroll is at fault. But I don't think this exact race is necessarily the one. I mean, he could very well still be recovering from that concussion that he suffered in Japan. It's more just his entire season hasn't been up to par. And Alonso is showing that with his, uh, with his own good performances. Even though they, you know, they're dropping off now, but look, the 130 point gap is too is too wide. It's it's a bit ridiculous. I haven't seen anything like that in in quite a while. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Have we? When was the last time we saw a? You know, when was the last time you saw like a teammate beating a fellow teammate to this extent? You put me on the spot here. I'm not sure I have an answer to that question. Ah. Uh... <laughs> George and Nicholas. Yeah. George and Kubica. George and Kubica, probably. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, but in, in teams, like, further up the grid with interior driver that is capable of scoring points and stuff like that, I'm struggling assorted... Actually, you know what? It's just assorted Max Verstappen teammates. Yeah, fair. That, yeah, well, actually... Um, but much? then going outside of that, I'm not sure if I do have an example. Max Verstappen is beating Perez by oh. 180 points at the moment, so, yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it is very, very one-sided. Yes. Yes, indeed. But uh, yeah, so Stroll out in Q1 alongside, again, the two Alfa Romeos, who are probably the worst team on the grid right now, it's fair to say. Yep. And, uh, and this uh, this week's uh, lucky bingo winner of who could be the guy to join the, Alf the Alfa Romeos, Lance Stroll and Logan Sargent, <laughs> was Nico Urk. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Struggling at the moment, Hulkenberg, uh, but, you know. <laughs> what, a, what an about turn for Haas. Two cars in Q3 uh, in Singapore. Yeah. 18th and 15th on the grid in Japan. Well, it's like you said with our Singapore Grand Prix review, like, Singapore is a very unique track and that the best cars don't necessarily... Mm. Works works both ways. Yes, exactly. Sometimes you know the worst cars will be a little bit better. Struggling to see uh, them getting yeah. getting any more points over the course of the season, unless you know some we do ha eventually have that insanely crazy race <coughs> that we're yet to really see. Yes. Uh, dropping along with Agnesen. <coughs> excuse me. In Q two, uh, Ocon, Alex Albon, P thirteen, mm. Pierre Gasly, and oh, coming ever so tantalizingly close, he was only. Four tenths off Fernando Alonso's time. So close. Uh, Liam Lawson, mm. a second in that. Notably, though, 
a big bounce back Yuki Sonoda threw into Q3. Yeah. So great qualifying session for the Alpha Tauris, ninth and eleventh in the end. Oh, so, Two cars this was in um, contention to score points. Th- that car has improved so well. Shout out to Alpha Tauri for what they've done to go from bona fide worst team to you know titillating themselves with a mid oh, yeah, well, mid midfield car. Three. Three, four Grand Prix ago, as we hit, um, yeah, well, coming coming into the Netherlands. So what? This is now the fourth Grand Prix since the mid season because it's Grand Prix yet. Um, we, you know, I might particularly tore them to shreds, and we're like they're yeah. the easy worst team of the season. Yes. Um, and this is obviously Yuki off the back of getting his contract extension was feeling pretty good about himself at his home race, and also Liam got one more chance because Daniel is not quite healthy yet. Alas. Yes, they are starting to claw their way back. They're still five points off Alfa Romeo, seven points off Haas, and spoiler alert, they would not manage to convert to points here in Japan. Mm. But it's at least, it does feel now it's a realm of possibility that they could hunt down one, if not both of those, yeah. which would be massive for Alpha Tauri in terms of the little bit extra cash flow on that, not having the indignity yes. of finishing last... Uh, so if they can complete that comeback, that will be mighty impressive. Agreed, agreed, agreed. We shall do. But yeah, no points here at the, uh, was it the Formula One Lenovo Japanese Grand Prix? Mm. Uh, sounds about right. Uh, yeah, elsewhere, Alonso would be 10th. Sonoda, as I mentioned, P9. It was the two Mercs in P7 and 8. Hamilton just ahead of Russell. Signs, Perez, Leclerc, but up front, it was what's starting to become almost a little bit of a qualifying trend. Yeah. Uh, Max Verstappen bounced back quite a well. It got more impressive as the weekend went on, but at this point in qualifying, impressive bounce back, well over half a second clear of any other driver to take an emphatic pole position. Yeah. Singapore was a blip, we can confirm. <laughs> yes, indeed. He was he was a he was a demon yet again in in in, in Japan. He was insane. Uh, as we started to see a lot in the two recent races, it was one of the McLarens up there on the front row with him, if not both immediately behind him. But for a little bit of a change, it was Oscar Piastri mm. getting the better of Lando Norris to the tune of four tenths of a second to take P two. Um, yeah, how good was that? Very very good. Very very impressive. Uh, yeah, I mean like. I've I've run out of superlatives for Oscar. He's he's just he's he's killing it in his debut season. Clear rookie of the year. He's he's yeah right at home in Formula One. Right at home. He's done. I I guess the thing we obviously had, well not privilege, but we are, well me particularly like that. You through tune of a doing this podcast with me, b being stuck being friends with me, have found yourself in the position of having having to watch but watching watching f2 so we obviously you know i imagine what is that i'm, I'm gonna guess it's no more than 30 percent of formula one fans probably watch f2 i don't know oh, that's, uh, that sounds about right maybe 25 uh, depends, depends how much like it depends how much the marker is for how much of the fan base is like the casual fans but like i'm even going i'm pretty confident not every like dedicated f1 fan because I didn't used to watch F2. Do you think there are people out there who only watch F2 and don't watch F1? Absolutely. There'd be a small handful of like mm. real edgelords. There's people <laughs> who just hate what hate what it becomes in the form. Heck, there's been times where I've half considered it. Yeah. 
If I if I'm able to f- uh, force you to pivot this into an IndyCar pod next season, no. I might just start watching F2 and not watching Formula One. I love how you say no as if it would not be a more enjoyable thing to talk about because every race is actively better. I'm enjoying this. So it's not like I'm saying let's. It's not like I'm saying let's have another podcast. I'm like saying let's just not talk about Max Verstappen dominating for the third straight year, <laughs> fourth straight year, too many years. <laughs> too many years. Yeah, but I think he's doing everything we thought he could. And, which is nice. He's living up to all the hype, all the potential, all the, the faith we had in him coming out of Formula 2. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I particularly have talked him up as someone who I do genuinely think he is future world champion material, and I think he is showing all those signs so far. He's and killing it. And it will just simply be a case of, does he end up in the right place at the right time to be able to convert? Because a huge factor is it does just, at the end of the day, it does come down to that. If Red Bull never managed to get back to being a good car, Max Verstappen would probably not be winning world championships. But they has, and now he's just barnstorming. Barnstorming, in fact, yes. Yeah, yeah Piastri was great. Couldn't couldn't quite stay ahead of Lando on race day, but uh, to, to put it ahead of him yeah, in I qualifying think that's that, but he, he's starting. Yeah, he's starting to get there in terms of the ability to show one lap pace. He obviously had the really good qualifying, sprint qualifying for um, Belgium. Uh, so, you know, yeah, good, good signs are there. On to the race. And this was, you could almost argue, I mean, there wasn't that, but this was almost a bit of a, um, reverse Singapore. A lot right at the very start. And then probably, probably like the craziest section of action right off the very start. And then not as much towards the end. Cause yeah, what a, what a. Uh, right off the bat, the start, two McLarens got a great jump. Piastri initially able to start pressuring Max, who went hard down to the inside to look to, you know, um, stop Oscar being able to get by him, mm. which was probably the right call, but it was a bit, oh, because he basically squeezed Oscar all the way to the grass, and he did have to back off a bit. But that allowed Lando to come sweeping up the outside and sort of go wheel-to-wheel with him around the first couple of corners, but Max, a bit more grip, inside line. Yep was able to see that off, and it would mean that the two uh, McLarens would invert position. Yeah, it was... Uh, honestly, just I'm just very impressed by Max having being able to, to hold them both off, ultimately. like He did he did a very good job. Sad. But at the same time, it's Max Verstappen. Are we really that surprised? Not really, but it was still very impressive, nonetheless. Oh, yeah, no, that's the thing. I guess you can be... You can, you can be impressed without being surprised. Yes, indeed. But, yeah, Norris would obviously yeah, inherit that P2 and kind of just never gave it up basically. But that wasn't the craziest thing that happened on the first lap, Matthew. No, it was down the back, and I believe I have made a mistake by closing that, but I believe it was Albon, Ocon, Bottas, Mm. and one other, who, off the top of my head, it must have been Joe, I think. So both Alfa Romeo's, Albon and Ocon, who would all end up... I think it was... Because it was Ocon, uh, Bottas, and Albon who ended up three wide. And as Bottas and, I guess, Ocon tried to naturally drift to the left to take that line into turn one, obviously Albon was there. They would all come together. Albon would get a little bit airborne. Yeah. And I believe Joe would also get caught up in this. Or either that or it was Sergeant. But basically, there was a lot of cars all tangled up at the back there. 
Yeah, there was a... Have you seen the footage of the Alfa Romeo swerving into Albon? Uh, I've seen the onboard from Albon's perspective. I don't... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, whoever was driving just behind them. I don't know which Alfa Romeo it was. Well, Bottas was the one beside um, Albon. Then it was Bottas then. He literally just swerves into Albon. Like... I think... Is Ocon not coming across a little bit as well and forcing him? It wasn't really a force because Ocon was kind of ahead. I don't know. It was... The, the on board is it only really shows the Alpha and the and the Williams. It doesn't show Ocon as well. So if that's the case, then I apologize to Valtteri. But from what I saw, Valtteri literally just is like, "Oh fuck you, Alex. I don't like you anymore. Fuck your race." Basically, that's essentially what I saw. Yeah, no, Ocon. Ocon is definitely drifting across as well. Okay, Bottas has to come across, and I think that's one of those things. Ocon is going to have no idea that there's a car on the outside of Bottas. Yeah, and Bottas just has nowhere to go. He's in the middle of two cars, and Albon just got a car come across into him. Uh, it was just really, it was no one's fault really. It's just one of those similar to like the Joe like Joe Russell incident and that in um Great Britain last year. It's not really anyone's fault. It's just this shit happens sometimes at the start of a Grand Prix. Yeah, with cars going everywhere. It's just unfortunate to see so many cars. Caught up in it, particularly with one, what you are one or two, what you'd call good cars in Ocon and Albon, who possibly could have been competing for points. In that sexy ass golf livery. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then we'd also, so I believe, yeah, I'm not sure how much damage it did to Ocon actually. I know it was that, but it was obviously believe both Alfa Romeos and both Williams mm. had to make pit stops, and that. We then also, on that opening lap, had sort of wheel-to-wheel contact between Perez and Hamilton that would damage Sergio Perez's front wing, uh, which would eventually lead to him as well, pitting to get that replaced. Uh, I believe, did we get up with a straightaway safety car from the debris from this photo? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. debris down the main straight, didn't we? Yes. Uh, after that restart, we would then have uh, Logan Sargent um, just... Getting it wrong and completely... Fuck my life, man. Like, the qualifying crash was bad enough, but this was embarrassingly poor. Yeah, yeah, and again, this does serve that this is, um, you know, does there need to be question marks here? Like, I get it, he's American, he likes driving in straight lines, but you do need to turn the corner. That's kind of key in Formula oh, 1, unfortunately. He just doesn't... Well, wasn't it come down to the hairpin as well? That's a left-hand corner, he should be good at that. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, look, at the end of the day, maybe it's just because he's confused by what the fuck is a kilometer. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's is, tough sometimes to understand the, the basic metrics. It's because the brake markers are in meters, not feet. Yes. Uh, and then probably the other thing that happened in the opening phase of the race was we had the scrap between the two Mercedes. Uh, Russell made, honestly, such a sexy move into the final chicane. Yes. Um, having hunted him all the way down... The name of the back straight that has escaped my mind through 130R, and then you know, a brilliant late breaking move through the chicane, but that definitely meant he had less momentum coming out of it. I honestly think maybe he should have tried to opt to stay behind Hamilton and just have a good run on him coming out of the straight because it meant Hamilton, yeah, had a bit of a run on him coming back out of the chicane plus DRS. Actually, this was before DRS, so just with that run, he was able to get back ahead down into turn one and then i don't remember if it was that same lap or like another lap later uh they were scrapping it in around the back side of the racetrack george trying to go around the outside of the big long sweeping corner onto the back straight and would end up um 
they both sort of ran off the track, didn't they? Through yeah, the spoon. they did. They did. They did. They did. Uh, whether it was like, do you have, do you feel that was how sort of Hamilton forcing him off, or just a bit, you know, nothing doing? They were both just scrapping with each other. I, it was just a scrap. It was just a, you know, it's very similar to the Ferrari battle in Monza. I thought, and I think Russell came on the radio and he said, "What? What is? I've got the quote here. Who do we want to fight then? Each other or the others?" Like, see, I know you've already said to me off air that you feel this was really whiny and that. I just, that's every single driver on the grid says the exact, well. Yeah, but he never used to. He never used to. He always used to be very mature, very responsible, very. He never used to have anyone. He never used to have a teammate who was racing. But even last season, he never said this. I just feel like, I feel like he's letting a bit of the pressure get to him and it's starting to bleed through in some of his comms and some of his movies. I just think the, like, this is, they're all like this, that, you know, they're all, you know, Lando was, mm. oh, you know, this is, this is ruining my race. Hamilton gets at the team, oh, why the fuck have you done this strategy call? Why are you letting George race me? Yeah, Hamilton, I, I just, I just think all, basically all 20 drivers, and then I think I'm on, I'm going to minus out Oscar, because Oscar would just be like, oh, guys, he, um, he, he ran me off the track, that's, that's not great. Yeah. But he'd do, he'd do it in this just, like, completely carbon... Because, as you said, apparently Oscar is a robot. Yes. Uh, but all other 19 drivers would be doing the exact same or less radio message of, like, oh, why the fuck who are we racing here, boys? Like, come on. Um, you know, I don't think there was anything wrong with them racing. And no, I don't me think neither. Lewis did anything that wrong. But I don't think there's anything, like... It's just when you're behind the car... Because he sort of said it in the interviews after George was like, look, you know... I don't think there was anything wrong with us racing, the team letting us race, you know, in the... Heat of the moment, you yeah, know, yeah, on the yeah. radio and that. But, like, he was like, you yeah, know, we're still mates. Like, I'm not, you know, mad at Hamilton Especially on the team in, or anyone. So in the light just... that it was George who initiated the battle in the first place. Like, if you're going to complain about there being a battle, don't initiate the battle, maybe? You know? Maybe? Well, that's a bit. Then you're just saying, I'll just sit behind him. and well, That's a bit. Yeah. No, of course not. I, I like that they were battling, but if you're battling, just focus on, focus on the racing. Get off the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways... Not as embarrassing as Perez was in this race. No, sure. Shortly after that, uh, Perez, similar to Sergeant. I think probably worse than Sergeant. I think Sergeant. Yeah, because actually, no, because it was Bottas overtaking Sergeant around the outside and just that. But yeah, Perez just massively outbraked himself, made a drastic uh, late lunge that was just never on. Yeah. Speared out K-Mag. Damaged his wing again, which put him on front wing number three for the race. And they would opt uh, fairly soon after to box him and retire the car. Yeah. Uh, and then, well, we'll circle back to that a bit later as they did some very interesting things after that. <laughs> is this was this was this Perez's worst race of his Red Bull career? Um, I don't know if I can remember them all. It it definitely wasn't a good one, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you would not be um. The commentators, the commentators the gave him zero mercy as well. They were roasting the fuck out of uh, of Sheko on on this one. He really just took K Mag out essentially. Nasty. Yeah. Yeah, was not very good at all. I think the debris from this or from another that would bring out a VSC. Yeah, it was the debris from this. Mm. Would bring out a VSC. Uh, just after Oscar Piastri had opted to pit, so he'd get sort of a half benefit of the VSC, 
Um, and helpfully for him, it would not last long enough for any of the other, or for the other two front runners, being Verstappen and his teammate, to pit and get any benefit themselves. Yeah. Um, it would not be enough for him to leap back ahead of Verstappen, which for a tantalising moment, I hope perhaps it was. Yeah. But it would be enough for him to inverse ahead of his teammate by about four seconds after Norris would make his stop. Uh, which would lead to some interesting uh, uh, mid-race drama between the two teammates. Mm. The, uh, the, the, the radio order, the team order. Uh, yeah, the radio order, obviously Norris being a bit unhappy, being stuck behind Piastri. Um, so you think it was the right call? Absolutely. Yeah. I've got no issue with it. Yeah, at that point, you know, there's still the outside chance. Maybe Norris has the pace to run down Verstappen. It definitely, at the minimum, means if Oscar's going to really start struggling on the tyres, there's no risk about him backing Norris back up into uh, Leclerc. And had it been a case that Norris, that, you know, Leclerc never got anywhere near them. Actually, because that was the other thing, sorry. It wasn't that. They were also racing George at this time because George yes. had decided to one stop. He was one stopping, wasn't he? And you didn't, and, you know, there was definitely at that point a bigger idea of, oh, I wasn't... Once they inverted, I was pretty sure, okay, George won't beat Nor- Lando. But there was a bit, hmm, will he beat Oscar? Possibly. Yeah. Uh, in which case, if you let Lando sit behind Oscar, maybe, you know, you're in danger of, yeah, not only losing one car, or losing a car off the podium, but losing P2 as well. Yeah, well, exactly. So, right. no, it was the right call. I had no issue with it uh, whatsoever. Of the two notable team radio messages of the day, this was the one that the team absolutely nailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll get to the other one shortly. Um, but yeah, no, as we've just said, also George Russell opted. He basically on the radio, guys, like tires are still going good. And if we want to try to go to, I think it was Plan B or whatever, which clearly turned out to be a one stop. So he ran till about lap twenty three, I think. Of it was like a fifty something lap race. Sounds about right. Yeah. So a good five, six something laps longer than everybody else, if not more, if not closer to like 10 laps longer than most of them. Uh, and yeah, he obviously was then in tyre management for the whole Grand Prix. In the end, it would not quite pay off. But as I, again, yeah, this is one if you listen to the Singapore show yesterday, probably. Um, I said, I like that Russell is taking, you know, calling these audibles for himself and taking these you know, aggressive, aggressive strategy calls to give himself the best chance to get a maximized result, even if it does, in the end, cost him, you know, the safe bet he could have had of making sure he finished P4 or P5. He probably would have beaten the Ferraris, but he took the gamble to see if he could get further up the grid. And I like it, even if it didn't pay off as well as it could have this time. You know, mm. you've got to, you've, you make your own luck. As they say. This is true, and the luck's just not falling his way at the moment, because it's safe to say that this was not the correct strategy call, uh, unfortunately. For, no, for it Jordan. wasn't, but, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. 2020, baby. Goddamn 2020. It Good sure year for the grapes. <laughs> Great year for the grapes. As he takes a puff of his grapes. The best year they ever had. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this brings us down to the home stretch. Obviously, everyone would come in for pit stop number two, Verstappen... Cruise by, Russell would make no effort to fight Verstappen, which was sensible, wasn't in that race. But the McLarens would also close up fairly quickly, and they would both dispatch George Russell without too much effort. 
and they would go off into the sunset to finish P2, P3. But the action where it would come would be the two teammates plus Carlos Sainz. It should also be said Leclerc would clear Russell fairly easily. He was running P4, starting to check out from Hamilton. Uh, so we came down to Hamilton closed up onto the back of George Russell, and then Sainz was also got behind in Hamilton's DRS. Uh, that was about three or four laps to go at this point. They made, well, Hamilton was obviously asking me, saying, hey, I'm faster than him, let me throw in that. George, I think, well, so, so I think the team asked George, because Hamilton was like, oh, has he been asked that? And I was like, yeah. George was asked, hey, Hamilton faster, swap the cars around, please. Obviously, they wanted to protect from science behind. George got back on the radio and said, well, hey, I don't think that's the right call. Can we do, like, Singapore? And I leave him in the DRS to protect him with the DRS from Sainz's DRS. Mm -hmm. And then we invert on the last lap. And the team was just like, George, not a, not a request. It's an instruction. Mm. George, good team player, did it. Let Hamilton through. This very quickly left him vulnerable to Sainz, even though they did then ask Hamilton to back up and give George the DRS, which got a little bit sloppy and then almost left Hamilton vulnerable to Sainz once he was past Russell. Mm -hmm. So I'll ask you... Of this, do you think Mercedes made the right call switching the cars? Do you think George's call, or do you think George is out of line for his request? And do you think they should have gone with George's um, strategy option there? What did you make of it all? Uh, Mercedes made the right call. George was not out of line, um, but obviously they should not have done that because yuck, yuck, look. If they fuck up that particular strategy, then they risk both ceding the position to Carlos Sainz. And ultimately, this decision was made with the goal of let's at least get one guy ahead of science to kind of, you know, mitigate the damage that we take to Ferrari in this Grand Prix because Leclerc's finishing ahead of everyone. So with with the team, with the constructors in mind, it was the right decision, and I'm glad they went for it. Fair enough. Uh, See, I'm going to part disagree, part agree, part disagree. I think... I personally actually think George was over that, and I think if they'd left George in front, I don't think Sainz would have been able to pass Hamilton with Hamilton having the DRS. Now, if George got so bad that he had such a bad run out of a corner, perhaps and backed them both up and Sainz like two for one them, I guess maybe. But Russell, even after the race, conceded that his tyres, and I quote, were toast by the end. But I will say. In the context of the fact that Mercedes... Oh, okay, if if George's suggestion actually wasn't right and they were better switched to Hamilton, though, what was then stupid was the request for Hamilton to hold pace to leave George in his DRS. Because mm -hmm. then, that like if you're going to let Hamilton go, fine, but just let him check out. If you're going to ask Hamilton to try to slow up so George can stay in his DRS then you're absolutely better served with the slower car in front because Hamilton less vulnerable. And Hamilton was able to just hold off signs after they both got by Russell. Yep. So I just... I don't think Mercedes were necessarily outright wrong by not going with what George wanted to do there. But I also don't, I don't think Mercedes got this right at all. I think they bundled it pretty bad. They either should have much more firmly issued it earlier and had it way clear in advance of George. The second Lewis catches up to you, you actually let him by so he can go off. 
don't waste any time. Or once George was like, well, hey, I'll DRS manage and that, they should have gone, okay, we'll we'll back that in. It's because, again, you know, obviously that, but like, as you said, Leclerc was already outscoring them. If both their cars beat signs, it's roughly a moot point. As it was, it went Ferrari, Mercedes, Ferrari, Mercedes, which means Ferrari did claw back points. I don't know. Do you do you want to just like? I guess then the question comes down to you. Do you want to gamble losing two or three more points to them for the sake of possibly losing no points to them? I don't think you do in this situation. That we're at the back end of the season. It's a tight fight for the constructors. Uh, I'll bring it up now. So what? Mercedes are on three hundred and five points. Ferrari are on two hundred and eighty-five points. So every point matters, Matthew. Every point matters. And yes, I agree, if they had sorted it out and planned it out earlier, then they could have pulled off something a little bit nicer. But they left it too late, and once you're in that position, you just got to play the safe bet, I think. And that's what they did. So ultimately, overall, perhaps not the right way to do it, but in that moment, I think that was the right call. And it was actually Toto Wolf himself who made the decision. Was it? Because he wasn't there. It was Toto. Maybe he phoned them someone, up. Someone got on the... Did he? Someone got on the blower to Toto. Yeah. Love that. Fucking oath. Love a good blower, Toto. There you go. Mm. Well, that's good. Toto was doing his job. I don't actually know why Toto wasn't there, but good to see him still doing his job even when he couldn't be there in person. Maybe he, de- maybe he doesn't like sushi very much. <laughs> Perhaps. But you could have like a, a katsu curry instead. Mm. A katsu does Japan's slap. Japan's got plenty of options. Yeah. Japan's got many options. It's got some great cuisine. Super cuisine. Uh, but elsewhere, while this was all going on, Max Verstappen... God, what, 20 seconds off the road from Lando in the end, Very which good. is not like the craziest margin of victory he's had, but compare it to Singapore the week earlier, this was a, again, I said it for qualifying, this was an emphatic bounce back and statement by Verstappen and Red Bull of, hey, nobody stress, everything is fine. The Constructors title is now wrapped up, even though Perez contributed nothing <laughs> to it, really. But that is sealed up, and we're now in a position where Max Verstappen could win the driver's title as early as Qatar. the sprint race qualifying for Qatar yeah. in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so, yeah, second consecutive constructors for Red Bull. It was the 13th consecutive time Verstappen has won when starting from pole, which beats Schumacher's previous record. Uh, obviously, Verstappen's 13th win of the season, which is tied for the second most in any season uh, with Schumacher in 04, Vettel in 13, and is only behind his own record set last season. It was Verstappen's 28th win since the start of last season. Um, yeah, just just kind of dominant. Just pretty... It's also Verstappen's 35th consecutive race finish, which is the second longest in history. Do you know what the longest is, Matt? Uh, I do no, I do not. Sir Lewis Hamilton, champion of the world, was 48. I did figure it would probably be a Hamilton that yes, normally is. indeed. Verstappen's fastest lap in this race was over a second quicker than any other drivers. That is quite impressive. Fucking ridiculous. Madness, sir. Indeed. Madness. But I think what's more fun to talk about is the fact that Oscar Piastri got his maiden podium. Yes, yes he did. And we're both quite pleased to see it. Chuffed. Yeah, it was a really good weekend for us with the P2, the conversion. Obviously, we all know he got a little bit robbed by the safety car in Great Britain. It yeah. should have come pretty much as quickly as the first possible opportunity. But 
yeah, he's got it now. That monkey's off his back. He's finished on a podium. It should only continue to be uphill from here from Oscar. That's it. Uh, it, was a, it was a great result. He is, there is no question marks over his ability to belong in Formula 1. Fucking ice, brother. for sure. Struth. Fair dinkum. And so that, yeah, the Singapore Grand Prix, which means, I believe, it is... The Singapore Grand Prix. The Japanese Grand Prix. <laughs> uh, I believe it is time for a quick game of... Game round of Send It. Did I send it or did I... Didn't send it. Yeah, you oh, did. send this! Oh, send it! Yeah, game round. Anything you want to do? This is the segment where I rattle off a few headlines from the uh, somewhat juicier world of Formula One. Matt's going to pick one he wants to talk about. And then I myself will take one that I want to talk about. Simple stuff. Let's get cracking headline number uno. <clears throat> it is this one. Courtesy of the official Formula One website, McLaren announced Le Mans winner Rio Hirakawa as 2024 reserve driver. Headline number two from Autosport and Adam Cooper, Science laughing in the car as Mercedes repeated DRS trick in F1 Japanese Grand Prix. Headline number three, one of those hyperbolic ones. It's from Fox Sports. Interesting. McLaren stars podium room jab says it all about Perez's all-time shocker. And then, oh, I've only got four of them. Ah, well, fuck it. We commit, boys. Headline number four, news.com.au from Anthony Wood. Formula One rocked as construction worker dies at Las Vegas. Wait, what? Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, Las Vegas Grand Prix. Okay. There you I go. Wasn't sure that. I, I don't know how I feel about that being a sended story. Yeah. That. That's, uh, was a, that's I was a bit, I was a bit light on stories this week, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's that's a bit that's a bit murky for me putting that as a send it. Um, Sometimes life is murky. Don't know. Mm, yeah, don't know if I agree with that philosophically. Uh I will go for the um, back podium backstage comments and that because I've seen also seen an article alluding to it, and even though I watched the um, the cool room. I don't actually really remember hearing what they said regarding Perez, so, like... I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. Well, first of all, Mr. Matthew Sullivan from Fox Sports, uh, his opening line in this, uh, the wheels are falling off for Sergio Perez, and it's a surprise they didn't detach from his Red Bull at a, at a disastrous Japanese Grand Prix. Brutal stuff. Hardcore shit. But yeah, the quote is, as I scroll down, down... Oh my god, I hate Fox Sports. They always bury the lead. Okay, now there's an ad. Oh my god. Here we go. Piastri, Piastri just said, ah, nice, while Lena Norris quipped, interesting. This is in resp uh, response to Perez colliding with Magnussen. They had a bit of a giggle. Mac kind of just sits there awkwardly. It's 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 nice. It's a bit cringe, but it's nice. I think we're being very hyperbolic on reading into that. It's all they like roast Perez. Or no, whatever. it's like, again it's just ridiculous. Fox Sports. <laughs> Fox Sports. What I did enjoy about the cool room was <laughs> Lando Norris made a um. I can't remember that, but Lando Norris and Piastri made like an allusion to oh, being on the Max Verstappen podcast because I've obviously seen the memes, which is cool. And then Max just goes, oh, "I don't like podcasts." <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> which 
is fucking hilarious. But like, there's no rule that says you have to like what you do. So mm-hmm. he doesn't have to like podcasts to be able to host one. Exactly right. Let's get him on the pod. Max Verstappen to be our first guest on Rear of the Grid. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, that's Ralph Boschung. Yeah, that's going to happen. Exactly, exactly. I'll pick the McLaren one. So Rio Hirakawa has joined their driver development program for 2024. He's a 29-year-old Japanese lad. Uh, so I was going to say, that is really obscure. I know. Driver development. He's a bit on the old side, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is a little bit. Not really developing, but there it is. Uh, I, he'd be old, older than both Norris and Piastri, but okay. Is he developing, or is he just... He's been given their reserve driver. He's a reserve driver. Basically, they've given up on IndyCar, and they're like, fuck it, we'll, we'll go to World Endurance instead. So Hirokawa won the... World Endurance Drivers Championship title with Toyota in 2022. He also won the Le Mans that's, that year. And he currently leads this year's championship, having recently won the six hours of Portimao race. That's not, I mean, I doubt who's the only we've got. We've seen a lot of teams now have like multiple reserve drivers. So it's just another person. It means if there's weekends where IndyCar's on at the same time. But WEC isn't, and they can have Hirakawa on standby. You can't really have whoever, you know, Colton Herder, Alex Plew, or whatever on standby if they're also racing over in IndyCar. Yeah. So it just keeps those options open. It does. Um, you know, same way that, like, everyone had everyone had Nick DeVries as a reserve driver that last year. Uh, and then it was ended up being Williams that used him. Indeed. But, yeah, this is... I'm trying to think whether Hirakawa ever made it to Formula One previously. He did not, but he's he's been around. I've definitely heard of him before. Did he Super Formula Super GT? No, I don't think he did. But like, yeah, I've definitely I definitely like heard it, heard his name before. He's he's been around, but it's it's a weird one. It is it is a weird one being like, oh, you know, he's. Better option than Stoffel Van Dorn, though. So, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, look, he's fourth in he's fourth in Super Formula this year as well as leading the um. Wet. True, man. He was perhaps cars. The, perhaps you know slightly more on the impressive side. Finished third in Super Formula last year because obviously. You know, there it's a multi multi driver effort in WEC, but he you know reigned yeah. well last year's Le Mans champion. As well, yeah. obviously with Toyota. Not bad, not bad. So he's better than Shem Bolagbashi, you can confirm. That's all you need to know. Well, that does. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Um, and otherwise, I think that's probably a good time for us to wrap it up so Jashan can get off to work. Yes, sir. Get that bread. Gotta make that money, baby. Got lots of cleaning up to do today. Hi, I bet. Uh, as ever, you can find us on any good podcast player. Leave us a like, leave us a review if it's one of those that you can do that on. Find us on Instagram at Online Hub Media. Uh, drop a comment. Jashan gets all all excited. I do. And, um, like a like a small child whenever he gets any engagement on the Instagram. Yes, yes, indeed. It it riles me up. Uh, as ever, I have been Matt. He, the voice on the other end of this has obviously been Jashan. Bet. <laughs> uh, and as ever, we have been Rear of the Grid. Uh, hopefully Sergeant can figure it out.
as we move forward and do it for America. We love America. Cheesesteaks. Football. Basketball. We love America. Moving on to Haas. Yeah, Segway, see that? That was good. Yeah, that's why uh, they pay me the big bucks, which they don't, but uh, maybe one day. Who knows? 